Hello, and welcome to another audio version of Burnt Toast. This is a newsletter where we explore questions and some answers around fat phobia, diet culture, parenting, and health. I'm Virginia Soul Smith. I'm a journalist who covers weight stigma, diet culture, and I'm the author of The Eating Instinct and the forthcoming Fat Kid Phobia. And my voice is a little raspy because I was at my sister's wedding all weekend screaming at the top of my lungs, <laughs> not like in an angry way, in a joyful, <laughs> a joyful way of, you know, dancing, um, dancing queen was on. Anyway, um, so today I am raspily, but very excited to be chatting with Tyler Fetter, who is an artist whose work explores big feelings, feminism, and pop culture all of which are things I'm obsessed with. Tyler is the author of the young adult graphic memoir, Dancing at the Pity Party. She also illustrated Together We March and Unladylike, a field guide to smashing the patriarchy and claiming your space. And she runs the very awesome Etsy shop, Roaring Softly. And her newest project, which we're going to talk about today, is a body positive picture book for preschoolers called Bodies Are Cool. Tyler, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. I really fangirl about your work. I mean, your illustrations are amazing. And, you know, this new book, it's like the book that I feel like my readers, everyone in my life really has been asking for for so long. Um, And I've been looking for, you know, as the mother of a a former preschooler and a current preschooler. um, Yeah, it's just so needed. So thank you. Um, So I'd love, before we talk about the new book, I'd love to hear a little bit of your story, you know, how you became an artist um, and specifically an artist who focuses on feminism and big feelings, because I mean, those really are my favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> They're mine too. Um, thank you. Yeah. I grew up always very into art. I was always like doodling more than I was supposed to be <laughs> in my notebooks in school. And I would like take every art class that I could Um, but I always thought it was just like my special thing that is just like a cool talent or whatever, Mm -hmm. but not like a career. Um, and I went to college and studied, uh, screenwriting. I mean, also a a career path, a solid career path. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That one felt more legit. Um, I can understand that, but yeah, a lot of classes on like how to market yourself as a kind of thing. And, um, and somehow I ended up sort of combining the two things that I love art and writing, um, and doing comics. Um, my, I did like comics for a school newspaper and stuff growing up and they were really embarrassing every time. (laughs) I just like, I can't believe that I was showing that to a lot of people. Oh, um, I, I feel you on that. I feel like <laughs> all of us who work in creative professions have some, I wrote a lot of one act plays in high school and I had a lot of big feelings that went into those plays and I really can't quite think about them. <laughs> I, know, it's like, I have a lot of compassion for the person that I was then. Yes. So cringy. Um, so my mom got cancer um, between my freshman and sophomore years of college. And then she died during spring break of my sophomore year. So that is what um, my first book, Dancing at the Pity Party, is about. And uh, I had always liked just drawing, like, um, just, like, 
pictures, but I never put them into um, like a project of that length before. Mm-hmm. Definitely not anything that um, deep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when my mom first died, I was taking a lot of writing classes in college and I did a lot of poetry and just like screenplays and um play scripts and stuff and everything was about dead moms and it was like very on the nose because that's all that I had in my brain to work yeah I mean you had to write through it that makes sense yeah yeah um so I made this book 10 years after my mom died so there was a little time to um work on actually like making it more thoughtful and working with mm-hmm. the tone and having it not be just like a hundred percent just like a, a death march just like this <laughs> horrible horrible sad thing I mean it's still pretty sad but I made it tried to make it uh, a little light too yeah no it's such a tricky thing writing I've written quite a lot about my older daughter's um, heart condition and honestly probably needed more distance than I had, you know, I was writing about it while we were like still going through intense open heart surgeries and long ICU stays and completely not the same thing as a personal loss like that, of course, but it's very traumatic in its own way. It's it's trauma and it's, there's a weird experience of like needing to write to sort of survive your trauma, but trying to figure out also like, is that like art that goes out in the world or is that, you know, the writing is therapy and you know, that sometimes the line there is very blurry. So because something is in your journal, does that mean it's a book that people who aren't you should be reading? Yes. Yes. No, that is a a strange space to navigate. Um, so tell me about the new book. What inspired Bodies Are Cool? I mean, you know, again, like, as I said, I feel like this is such a needed book when I thought I was like, finally it exists, but I'd love to know, you know, what your, you know, what led you to doing it? Sure. Yeah. So after I finished Pity Party, I was like, I need to do something fun and like colorful and playful and just like positive and um, less intense. And this was a perfect fit for me I uh I've been really into the body positivity and fat liberation movement for many years um my family has a history of a lot of mental health issues and eating disorders and uh, my immediate family was extremely diety growing Mm -hmm. up my mom had grown up a chubby kid and got made fun of a lot and I think she just really didn't want her kids to feel that way like I think it came from a really wholesome and loving place but it Mm -hmm. just the way it presented itself was just like a lot of calorie counting and my sisters and I went on weight watchers when we were kids and it was Mm -hmm. just not a good thing not a good thing Uh, yeah yeah and I had this moment when I was little, like before any of that really um, had come up yet. I was still so young and I was in the basement with my dad um, and he was like doing sit-ups on the floor. Like, I think I was just watching him. I was probably like, I don't know, six or something. Mm-hmm. Talking about how he wanted his stomach to be hard, like 
to have abs. Mm-hmm. And I remembered being like, why? <laughs> like, it's so nice that it's soft. Like, I yes. thought being soft was like a positive thing. Like, why would you want your pillow to be hard? Right, right. Yes. Um, I love that. Yes. It's so illogical. It's so understandable that a child would find that illogical and then we internalize that it's this illogical thing is, you know, yeah. the way it's like, supposed why to should be. my dad be different than how he already is? Like, I love. Him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was much older and had gotten into learning about diet culture and everything, I thought back on that time and I was like, Oh my God, there was an age where when I thought about different bodies, it was just with this sense of like wonder, and mm-hmm. awe, just like in a very neutral to positive kind of way. Yeah. I used to like, like my grandma's arms were like saggy because she was <laughs> old and like they were so soft and we just liked to play with them and <laughs> like completely positively and just like, it was just cool. It was just part of yeah my grandma and yeah. so this book I wanted to like catch kids when they're still having those um those like positive responses to people's bodies and like really try to instill that that's like correct for them yes. to feel that way before they start being really aware of their own bodies and, and differences and in a way that is like through judgment and stuff yeah and preschool is such an important age because we know that like that's the age when they start absorbing this which is heartbreaking to think about that it starts that early but it does so we have to kind of get out in front of it um I love too that the book doesn't just I mean it, it definitely is very diverse in terms of body size but you know it's so many different aspects of bodies you cover and I was curious you know what was sort of your process for figuring out what those different aspects would be that you wanted to highlight. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a big challenge. I knew like tackling this type of project, the goal was that I wanted people to feel accepted and seen. And so that means showing as many different combinations of traits as I can. It's like mm-hmm. a match. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I, and I also, so like I wanted each page to be diverse, but I also wanted the whole book to be diverse. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want it to be like every person in a wheelchair is like the same race on every page. Like like the whole book had to be um, all shaken up and all the sprinkled with the different traits everywhere. So at one point I made like this huge um, spreadsheet. <laughs> I wondered, I wondered if there was some kind of, cause it is so meticulous. Like the book, like it reads like this sort of beautiful kaleidoscope, but when you look, there's so much detail and there's so much thought into every little piece of the drawings. And I was like, how did she keep track of all of this? How did she possibly not repeat things? So yes, tell me about the spreadsheet. I love a spreadsheet. Yeah, it, it just had like a hundred columns and a hundred rows. And it was just like, like skin color, like body shape, body size, age, hair, like hair length, hair texture, mm-hmm. scars, disability. Like it was like every possible thing I could think of. Um, and I also did like a lot of passes after I had, 
finished most of the illustrations, I would like go back and add like beauty marks and things to mm. on their scars or whatever. Kind of just oh, like so cool. sprinkling. Them yeah. Them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just, it, it was a lot um, to think about and a lot of research. Um, I was very lucky to work with some really great sensitivity readers. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I had one for um, race, one for disability, and one for trans mm-hmm. representation. Um, and that was super, super helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, when the book came out, I was like bracing myself for people to like be like, oh, I didn't see my specific combination of traits in there and I feel left out. And I just really hoped that I could avoid that at all costs. So I mean, I feel like even if that happens, surely it is clear that you worked very hard to like cover a lot of bases. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's definitely, you know, the, the last kids book I could think of that sort of that I, I, there's two kids books that I, that I enjoy and I have and I read with my kids, but they talk about body positivity either through, there's one that's like, we're all works of art and Aww. Um, it shows sort of like different paintings and different bodies and paintings, but it's still sort of narrow in that sense. And it's like very abstract because, you know, a child knows they're not a painting. Like there's that, you know, sort of right. distance. And there's another one where the characters are all different, like literal shapes, like a triangle, a square. And that's cool. But again, it's like, why are we using a metaphor instead of using the real right. thing? Like, I don't want to, you know, sound like I'm being critical of those books because they're very useful in their own way. Yeah. But you know, you really are showing bodies, like human bodies. <laughs> um, and it's like, so great for kids, you know, and for parents to see these actual bodies. Um, were any of them based on real people or were they all fictional? How did you kind of play with that piece of it? That's a really good question. I, I think because I was so careful about the spreadsheet and everything, there wasn't as much room for like, sneaking people that I know right illustrations which is something that normally I really enjoy doing yes yes I can imagine that's really fun but yeah (laughs) I could see that's tricky with this with with the bigger goal of this book yeah there is on the body hair page there's this girl with um two braids of dark hair and glasses who's like sitting under a tree and reading. Mm-hmm. that was like vaguely uh, inspired by me when I was a little kid oh cool like hairy legs and a little mustache (laughs) everyone's like playing and having a campfire and she's just kind of off to the side reading (laughs) oh I love that little girl (laughs) I think I was also a little bit that girl um that's awesome well and I think I told you over email I really appreciated the scars page um because again my older daughter um, has a zipper scar. She's got numerous scars from her various procedures and she's super proud of them. They're part of her story. Her little sister's quite jealous of them. Um, you know, there's lots of like, well, you didn't get to have a feeding tube. So you don't have two belly buttons, um, in our house, uh, which is pretty great. But I often think about, you know, the representation of that and wanting her to see bodies like that. So it was, you know, that was really special. This was, I think the first children's book I found that really showed that. So you know, special shout out from the heart parent community because we really need that. So yeah. Cool to hear from people like, who like point out individual elements that meant so much to them. Yeah. 
Well, it just shows how hard you really did work to sort of think of all these different aspects of bodies that we need to see and that we don't normally get to see. So, yeah. Um, I'm curious too, you know, when, as you think about parents reading this book with their kids and the kinds of conversations that might come up, I mean, what do you think we need to be talking to kids about in terms of bodies? How do we, I mean, obviously your book is sort of a great starting point for these conversations, um, but where are you hoping it will lead families with this? I'm really hoping that people, like families, are just um, talking about how different we all are, but like in a neutral or positive way. Mm -hmm. Uh, A comparison I like to make a lot is like, if you go to a flower garden and there are all different kinds of flowers, there are big floppy ones and there are like little ones and clusters and they're all different colors and we don't think like oh obviously this one is the best because right. of these features like the fact that they're all different is what makes the flower garden so pretty to look at it's the same thing I also talk about um, dogs like <laughs> dogs look so different from really do <laughs> <laughs> and like we we think they're all cute yes like a really chubby dog you're like oh he's so chunky and then you see a really lanky one and they're so cute with their limbs flailing around and um I I would like kids and their parents to be able to like notice that their body is different from other people's but that that's cool that that's what makes the world beautiful that we're all different and then also that they notice when they see other people that look really different from them that like it's cool that they're different Mm -hmm. Um, because I think a lot of the focus of body positivity can be on just like liking our own bodies yes or liking our own bodies as they are right at this moment without gaining or losing any weight or Mm -hmm. disability or anything like that um or aging or whatever and I I think that like building empathy is a really important part um, of body positivity and it it can lessen fat phobia and all Mm -hmm. the things that come along with that and racism and sexism, just like, uh, just thinking that it's cool that we're all different and everyone should be included and have spaces accessible for them and everything. Yeah, that's so important. I think a lot about how, you know, with little kids in particular, we celebrate growth for the most part. We celebrate that your body is changing and then kids reach a certain age and often it's still pretty young. It might be like just before puberty or once puberty starts and suddenly the changes are bad and that like kicks off this whole lifetime of feeling like any way your body changes unless it's becoming smaller is a bad thing. And it's so messed up because both because it makes it more difficult to feel okay about your own body and because of what it says about everybody else's bodies, you know, anybody that is different than yours is somehow less than, or, you know, like it creates these strange hierarchies. So I love the idea of celebrating change in bodies because we all need that freedom to change. (laughs) Yeah, Like it it doesn't end in puberty. No, it does not. There's a lot of changes. Yeah. Keep happening. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I love that. I think that's really useful. I think parents often really worry, and this is a question I get often, is like, 
okay, but then what if my kid calls out something about somebody's body, whether it's, you know, that they're using a mobility aid or that they have a different skin color or that they're fat, you know, calls it out in a public way. And then that's so mortifying, you know, what do I do with those kinds of moments? And I'm just curious if you have any thoughts about, you know, if we're going to encourage noticing difference, do we, how do we pair that with respect and, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I would never want to like speak over anyone in a community that's more targeted by this kind of stuff. But I think in general, if your kid is like, wow, look at that person, they're different to just be like, yeah, that's great. Like mm-hmm. that, that might've sounded sarcastic and I didn't mean it that way. Just to be no, like, no. yeah, it is cool. Like yes. look, that person's hair is super curly and yours is super straight. Isn't it cool how hair can be all different shapes mm-hmm. and to just to not like hush the kid away and make them think that it's something bad um, to acknowledge that, yeah, we're different, but um, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think particularly white parents or particularly thin parents, I mean, anyone with a certain amount of privilege has this idea that noticing the difference is going to be mortifying to the other person, but it's like, that's actually their own internal biases because what they're really saying when we say that is like, and it's worse to be that way. So let's not point out this bad thing, but if you can let go of the idea that it's bad to be bigger, it's bad to be Brown or, you know, any of these things, then it is just different and different is good. Like there's a sort of a lot of, a lot of, I have a feeling the people reading your book, like the parents are having to do a lot more work than the kids. (laughs) (laughs) We all have all this stuff to let go of. (laughs) Yeah. The adults are the ones that have been like swimming in this diet culture soup for their whole lives. Yes. And trying to do the work, but it's not easy work, you know, when you're having to unpack stuff that, you know, happened when you were six with your dad doing setups or whatever, like Uh it takes a really long time. So yeah, but this is such a great tool. Um, people are always asking me for other book recs. So if there's another body positive book, either for older kids or just another book in this space you really love, we always love recommendations. Yeah, for sure. I, I did um, a panel about body positivity with this author, Shelly Anand. She wrote a children's book called Lakshmi's Much. Oh, I don't know this one. It's L-A-X-M-I apostrophe S-M-O-O-C-H. And it's about a little um, Indian girl who has hair on her upper lip, which is like, um, I think, a Hindi word for mustache. And she gets, like, teased about it in school. And then she goes home and her mom tells her about all the women in her family that have this and all these historical figures like Frida Kahlo. And then the girl goes back to school the next day and is like so excited about her mustache. And she's like, I'm like a lion or a tiger or something like I've listened Oh my gosh. It gave me goosebumps. It still gives yes. me thinking about it. I mean, I think this is great in general, but also I had a mustache when I was a little kid and it was something that would get pointed out a lot by other kids and sometimes yeah. adults. And it was, um, really embarrassing and I love the idea that it's not like it's okay that you have this like yes yes hide it but it's like it's cool like I mean I cannot imagine in a million years if when I was little I had thought that my little mustache was cool right if someone had given you space to embrace it yeah oh my gosh that's so powerful 
And I also love it from like a, you know, fighting the gender binary perspective, like normalizing the idea that, yeah, we can have all different bodies and yeah, that's, that's amazing. Okay. Well, I will definitely link to that in the transcript. I'm really excited to check that out. Um, and yeah, that sounds fantastic. Um, Tyler, tell us where we can find more of your work, where people can follow you, how we can support your work. Sure. Um, I'm on Instagram at Tyler Fetter. It's, uh, that's like my main space for art, but I, um, I sell my art at roaringsoftly.com. Great. Um, Um, uh, yeah, both of those places are where you can find out all you need about Awesome. And of course, we're going to link to the book, we'll link to all your books. Um, so people can check those out as well. And I'm so glad I got a chance to talk to you. This was awesome. And yeah, bodies is cool. It's just like bodies are cool rather is just a must have in every parent's library. So thank you for your work. Thank you so much.